Tony was like, dude, we are so... Hey, Luke. Um, so I'm listening to... Oh, by the way, yeah, I'm drunk dialing you now. I know. Uh, which is rad. I'm listening to uh, the episode of CBTL where you and I were sitting on the grassy knoll. Um, crazy thing where I called and uh, I'm really enjoying it this is the second time through by the way and also when you call me drunk dialing you don't sound drunk but when I call you I sound wasted alright um, I'm getting nervous now and my left arm is starting to shake uh, good night Luke good night Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, your twice-weekly podcast about a podcast that might just be too beautiful to live. In the Stick of Butter Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota, I'm Ann Lundholm. Uh, Today is a Friday episode. In fact, it is the third Friday of the month, which means that we've got a new clip show for your pleasure. And joining me, as always, to take on this task from Linwood, Washington, To me, she is an innocent champion of honesty without the innocent part. It's Christy Wise. Hello, Christy. (laughs) Hello, Anne. (laughs) Are you some sort of champion of honesty? I mean, innocent or otherwise? Yes. I'll say yes. (laughs) I'll own that today. (laughs) Okay, good. (laughs) Well, we have what I hope is going to be a fun topic today. Uh, we're going to talk about TBTL and alcohol. It's a long, rich, storied history <laughs> of involvement. Some of it's good, some of it's bad. Uh, we talked before we started about how we're going to try and have some fun with this show, but also not try to glorify alcoholism, correct? Yes, I'll try. <laughs> Well, I don't think you or I is going to um, set the house on fire with our drinking. No. So (laughs) I can't decide if we're the right people or the wrong people to talk about this topic. (laughs) Right. We promise also to not be too judgy. Right. Fine balance. mm, Okay, I'll do my best. So as usual, we will discuss a few things, we'll play and break down these TBTL history clips, we'll do a little housekeeping, and we'll tell you how you can get involved with this show. Um, so there were a wealth of clips to pick from for the show. In fact, I think, like I usually do a first pass through the archives, and then I just search for things like alcohol and booze hall and... Jameson and stuff Jenny. like that. Yep. And uh, and I just sort of comb through that and pick out the likely looking things. And just doing that, I had 30 clips that seemed like they might be appropriate. Yeah, we might have to about. do a part two. Oh, yeah. I, I kept them. There may be a part two and a part three. 
Um, <laughs> from the beginning of TBTL, it's been kind of a, a big thing from the way that Luke and Jen and then very quickly Sean talked about it and how they would have TBTL after hours on Fridays <laughs> at nine where they were clearly drinking on air. Yes. And sometimes in other parts of the radio show, they were drinking as well. But then even into podcast days and uh, the advent of Andrew on the show, he's he likes a, a Bud Light or four. <laughs> or a shot and a beer. A shot and a beer, exactly. And, uh, and it's the source of a lot of interesting stories from Luke and embarrassing stories <laughs> from Luke. And uh, I thought it might be interesting to take a look at a few of those those times. So maybe first we should set our own baseline, Christy, okay. and talk about our own history with alcohol. I know that okay. you are not a big drinker, but you do drink no. occasionally. Yes. Yeah, so I had a, my boss got laid off, fired, let go, whatever you say. Um, and his going away party was on Friday. I had one drink, my face turned red and I decided I couldn't drive for two hours. So that's, <laughs> that's me in a nutshell with drinking. <laughs> so, um, let's see, what do I want to ask about that? So it's totally like a tolerance thing. Like if you felt that you could handle your liquor better, you might drink more? No. Um, my mom's an alcoholic, active ah. alcoholic, and so I don't want to even go down that road. And I might not have it. I mean, I guess Jeremy says because I even like can make that choice, I probably don't have whatever the gene is or whatever. But I just it's just it's a waste of calories and money to me, honestly. I went through in college, I was usually the designated driver, but there were a few nights that I would go out and um, get get a little bit wasted pants. Um, about 10 years ago, when my dad first came out, he uh, did the Pride Parade and he was in it. And so we were all down in Seattle and celebrated and got a hotel room. It was like this big party to celebrate him. And I got wasted. I didn't drink. I tried to keep up drinking with everyone, which is a stupid idea when you don't drink much. And I didn't eat all day. And I was puking everywhere. It was the one and only time I've ever puked from drinking. I blacked out completely. Um, I don't remember probably three hours of my life. And that was the last time I drank like that. Hmm. So I don't ever need to do that. I remember having a conversation when I was in college um, with some friends who were talking about, you know, getting hammered and all of that stuff. And I said, I don't understand why you want to drink so much that you barf. And he said, oh, Anne, no, it's about seeing how close you can get without barfing. No, that sounds terrible. I know it does. <laughs> it doesn't sound fun at all. No. And how, how about you? I have really very similar reasons to you. I think it's a waste of calories and a waste <laughs> of money. I would much rather eat chocolate or ice cream or something else. Mm -hmm. And I I am very cheap about that stuff. Um, also, I, I sort of mentioned uh, once or twice on the show that 
alcoholism does run in my family. I like to say not my parents, not my siblings, Mm -hmm. but a little further out on the family tree. And I can see those tendencies in myself, the way that I just drink non-alcoholic beverages and Mm -hmm. the way that I eat and the relationship that I have with food. And I just made the decision when I was a young teenager that this is a struggle that I don't want to have, you know, and it's like, uh, it's your abstinence thing is the only way that I could know for 100% that I would never become an alcoholic is if I just didn't drink. Mm -hmm. And that's always, has always been my thing. And I'm not a prude about it. If other people want to drink, I'm totally cool with that. Although it's not that fun to be the only sober person at the party. You don't think so? I love it. Oh, but people get so stupid stupid yeah there is a line but I loved it especially in college because I was the memory of everything that happened and so I would go like the next day because we our go out day was Thursday nights so Fridays I would retell everybody what had (laughs) happened (laughs) and then you did this stupid thing (laughs) right but I also wasn't friends with a bunch of like woohoo girls and douchey guys so I think there's a little bit of a difference that if it was just a bunch of girls like I love you so much and like guys being dumb I wouldn't have enjoyed it as much I'd be like I'm staying home (laughs) yeah that wouldn't be that no Uh -uh. (laughs) um I would say the other thing that really has affected me as far as I think even before I was a teenager was that my, my grandparents were pretty serious alcoholics and I don't know if it was functional alcoholism or whatever, you know, they were movers and shakers in the fifties and sixties and seventies in local politics. And that was just, that was what you did. And my mom talks about when she was a kid, she remembered like playing in the empty vodka crates in their basement. Oh, wow. I mean, they they entertained and they drank and they smoked in in that way that, you know, you hear about them that went back that went on in those days. And my grandmother in particularly was not a very maternal person. I think in her own way, she probably loved us, but she was such an incredible narcissist and. I just didn't like spending time with her. And I came to associate alcohol so strongly with her that I just wanted absolutely nothing to do with anything that sort of had that stamp of grandma Mm -hmm. on it. So that was one thing that that really made me not want to be a part of that world. I mean, she and grandpa would have the glass jugs of wine in the fridge. He would have a jug of red and she would have a jug of white and they would both drink a jug a day. Uh, and they continued to do that until they got too weak to actually lift the jugs. And that was oh. how they quit drinking. That was also how she quit smoking. She went into like the nursing home or the assisted living or something and she couldn't get them. And my mom and her sisters were like, sorry, we're not buying you cigarettes. Oh, my grandma snuck them and um, almost burned down her nursing home, and then they kicked her out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, your grandma was a bad seed. Yeah. <laughs> so every once in a while, I'm like, what am I missing? Are people really having so much fun doing no. this? And I love looking at like wine lists and cocktail lists because mm-hmm. they have cool names and the booze looks really 
cool and the labels and all of that. But then at the end of the day, I'm like, this is just a, a problem that I don't need to make for myself. So right. And then you look at the price of that cool looking drink and it's $12. <laughs> yes. Yep. But I do think that, you know, maybe if I did get a little social lubrication every once in a while, I might actually go out. Maybe. But I, I don't know. I think know. you'd be too paranoid about driving and how you'd get home. Probably. Probably. <laughs> All right. So that's where we come at the situation. Uh, obviously, Luke feels quite differently. Jen feels quite differently. Andrew feels quite differently. And John <laughs> feels quite differently yes. than either of us. But uh, we will do this with loving kindness, I hope. Yes, peace and love, peace and love. Yep. <laughs> uh, so let's get into the the first clip. This is, uh, can I say it's a humdinger? That's such an old-fashioned word. <laughs> but this clip is insane. So this opened my, idea, my eyes to behavior that I never would have considered. It comes from... Uh, April 6, 2010. And I got to say, I think 2010 was some dark days for Luke because a lot of the clips that I found were from that time period. Oh, so, interesting. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. That's when he was podcasting alone, right? For yes. Little, for a little bit. Okay. Yep. I mean, that was a, a fair amount uh, after the show had ended, but what? Andrew came in 2000 and. 12? 12? Maybe? We should. I don't that. remember. <laughs> I know. We, we really should. And we call Jen ourselves Jen was on her road trip, it sounded like, from this clip, right? Uh, I calling think in. so. Yep. So these were kind of dark days, and he was, mm -hmm. I guess, having some professional struggles, questioning his life. Mm -hmm. This may have been before or after the pirate costume wait was it pirate or was it robin hood i can't remember this stuff anymore yeah, i think it was robin hood robin hood um and i i think yeah i don't know how his relationship with vanessa was going at this time i mean seems like she had some complaints mm -hmm. but this story comes after one of luke's giant health plans and this plan was that he was going to go on the wagon for lent which they sort of did on and off with mixed success several times. Mm -hmm. But this time he did it successfully and he gave up alcohol for 46 days. And then I was going to say he fell off the wagon, but he jumped off the wagon. He jumped off. Yeah. <laughs> Big time. And this clip is him uh telling how that turned out my dancing is also going to be more herky-jerky and crazy than normal because of all of the uh, various chemicals that are in my body a, uh, a chemical reintroduced into my body on sunday uh was uh, the chemical known as alcohol as uh, as as the fair listeners of the show uh no doubt know i was off the booze juice for 46 days and uh, so Sunday marked my return because that was the end of Lent, marked my return to the world of those who uh, have drinks. It actually started at 12.01 Sunday morning, Saturday night, Sunday morning. Went to a birthday party for uh, a friend of mine, Lindy West, who writes for The Stranger. And um, at 12.01, uh, at it was technically Sunday. And so that technically meant I could have a little booze juice. And I did. Had a shot of uh, Jameson. How was that? It was pretty delicious. Yeah? It was pre 
pretty darn delicious. You, I'll it tell was, you, that. you weren't repulsed? I was not repulsed at all. But the weird thing was I didn't go crazy either. I had that shot. I danced a whole bunch. And then someone bought me a shot of uh, tequila. Mm-hmm. I did that. That was it. That was all. Just was, a couple of shots? I had two shots, danced a whole bunch, and just like that was it. I was very calm. I didn't really get drunk. I think because I was moving around a lot. And I also didn't feel like hell bent on getting wrecked. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, it was kind of like, oh, this is sort of fun for me that I'm allowed to do this again. So then Sunday morning came and we had a big Easter meal, had a bunch of people over. And before that, and there's a video of this at tbtl.net. Before that, I had kind of my first official, I guess, Easter drink. I mean, I know I had one the night before, but that was almost a little blip. This was the thing I'd been looking forward to. This was going to be a delicious mimosa. I went for a run Sunday morning. I got up. I went for like a six mile run. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I've got my health on today. Mm-hmm. I'm, uh, you know, admit, I'm, I'm, I'm at, the, I'm the, I'm the Jack Putter machine. No, no defects. No, what, what's he say? An inner space. Oh, I haven't seen that movie forever. You know how like once, once Dennis Quaid is inside of Martin Short, he yeah. makes Martin Short keep slapping himself, saying <laughs> he's the Jack Putter machine. No defects. No, whatever. No. Okay. Well, that's what I felt like on Sunday. I felt great. Uh huh. Felt like I was the king of the world. So I got up, did this run, got in my my best seersucker suit, because that's the thing I do on Easter now. I wear a seersucker suit. Uh-huh. And I had my mimosa, and it was delicious. And people came over, and uh, I had a little bit of, uh, I had some more mimosa, had a little bit of scotch. Um, Did had you have some, any food? Had some wine. No, I had food. Okay. And I was I was great all the way through the dinner. Mm-hmm. was awesome. Um having a real fun time with everybody. And then the thing that we had planned was to sort of celebrate my, uh, my being allowed to drink again. And just cause me and my friends love casinos and such, we uh, decided to go to the Tulalip casino mm-hmm. and we rented a room at the Tulalip. Cool. And, um, so before we left, I, uh, I, I, I polished off some more whiskey, me and the mummy really went to work on some of the Jameson, mm-hmm. but I was still feeling great. And I'd eaten a bunch of food and I, and I was surprised at how lucid I was. And I was really proud of myself. So you were, you were getting there, but you weren't completely there. I guess I was getting there, but I didn't realize it, but I wasn't, I wasn't sort of doing things that were outwardly indicative of, of how drunk I would eventually become. Mm-hmm. It seemed, and I, I have to admit, I was, I was sort of proud of myself. I was like, look at me. Because uh, everyone had warned me, your tolerance is going to be really much lower than it was before, and I don't I don't weigh as much as I used to. Yeah, you know, and so like there was a lot of things that were going to be working against me in terms of keeping it together, but I was keeping it together, and I was very excited. And so uh, me and the mummy went to work on some of the Jameson, and uh, we all pile into the car. I'm not driving, of course, uh, and we drive up to the casino, and I don't know, somewhere north of Everett. Everything just became a blur. I think it was because I was sitting down and I had just ingested a kind of a massive amount of whiskey right before we left. Mm -hmm. But apparently as we pulled into the parking lot of the casino, I became disoriented. This is what I'm told by Vanessa and DJ Tuna. Yeah. I became disoriented. I asked what country we were in. (laughs) I was claiming that I had given the valet $60 (laughs) and that the valet... Uh, was not uh, what was my what was I claiming? I claimed that we were parked at the wrong casino, uh huh, and that um and that we needed to go to a different casino because we were at the wrong one, uh huh. And then we got up to the room. Now were you you were were you yelling or were you just oh, very adamant and like very talking sternly? I couldn't even tell you. Okay, I could not even tell you. 
we go to the room. I guess I'm told I went to the room, mm-hmm. and then the mummy likes to do this thing that he calls a boner roller. The mummy returns, or, or a steam. What's a steam roller? Also known as a boner roller, uh-huh. where if you're lying on one of the, he always does this every time we're staying in a hotel room together. If you're lying on the bed, he'll try to roll over your body. Yeah, it's a steamroller, like a somersault or a sideways. Side, roll. he's rolling like you're rolling down a hill okay. on your side. I like got it. Sideways roll, but he'll do it over you. But then he'll try to press his privates against you, which he calls a boner roller. The mummy returns, and I guess the mummy was trying to do a boner roller on me, and I jumped up. Ran out of the room and no one saw me again for like six hours. Really? Yeah. So you were there with the mummy, Vanessa, and DJ Tuna? Yes, at that time. Okay. And and you left for six hours. I ran down to the casino. Also, pretty much a blur. I do remember sitting at the roulette table. These are the things that I remember, Sean. Sitting at the roulette table. Not ever winning. But I don't know. The cash machine telling me I couldn't get any more money out. Maybe because I just wasn't pushing. Maybe because I was I was trying to pour gin into it. <laughs> me just sitting by a slot machine somewhere in the furthest reaches of the casino. Just kind of uh, sitting there, I don't know, trying to gather myself. A casino employee coming by, a guy in a blazer saying, uh, sir, are you staying in the casino? And me saying, um, Me yes. and my wife are. You're yeah, exactly. Me and, my, me and my unicorn. <laughs> And the guy going, um, we're not serving you any more alcohol. And me, I, I wanted to come up with like a really sweet burn for him. But what I was able to say to him was, <laughs> somehow I'm, I gathered myself together enough. This is a big place too. So they couldn't really find me, the people looking for me. Yeah. Cause it's pretty massive. So I was like, they couldn't, they didn't find me. And plus I think that actually, to be honest with you, they were just like, Good riddance to bad rubbish. Let's just let him go work this out. Yeah. Let's let him go on his own little, like, you know, vision quest. Yeah. Um, and so no one could find me. And so somehow I managed to get back to the front desk and s- express to them that I was staying in the hotel and that I did need to get my room key, please. And I kept apologizing for being that guy. Right. That's what I kept saying to right. them. Right. Somehow, by the grace of God, and I don't mean that sarcastically, literally, I think God had to intervene. I got up to the room uh, where I uh, went to bed and then also woke up and then threw up like a million times. And so when you got up... Happily, though, not on the floor, did not bust my nose. That was an improvement over Bush Garden. That's real good. You didn't puke in your shoe. Nope, none of that happened. I did that in the place where that goes, the toilet. So when you got up to the room, though, were your friends up there? No, they at this point now had gone to the casino and were just having fun, I guess, doing something else. I just spent the rest of the night just completely zonked out in the hotel room. I do remember being sort of slouched over the toilet and then Vanessa coming into the room and being really kind of upset with me. Like, what are you doing? And I remember being upset with her. Like, what are you doing? (laughs) Ah, the old switcheroo. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, her being like, well, you know, I'm a little upset because you've been missing for the last six hours and here you are throwing up. And I just said, that is so typical. Actually, I don't know exactly. I'm sure it was something along those lines. Or like, typical. Probably it was more like, So do you know if you were drinking while you were in the casino uh, well, I was Vision Quest? I don't remember ordering any drinks, but that I don't remember anything. 
So that's, you know, uh, it's thoroughly possible yeah. that I did uh, have some drinks. They told me they weren't serving me anymore, so I don't know exactly what that means. And so what are you going to do now moving forward? I know this was your one, you know, this well, was I'm your really big bummed. day out. I'm really bummed with myself, though, because I didn't want to get, I did not want to get that crazy. And I, my excuse is, and I think it's legitimate, I just didn't, I did not estimate how quickly it was going to sneak up on me. Like there was no point in my mind. There have been times in my life where I've been thinking, I'm going to take the train to crunk city tonight. Mm -hmm. This was not one of those nights. I really was, I was all excited to hang out with my friends and gamble and do all this fun stuff. And what was, you know, what was really bummerific about it for me was that they had a really fun night. And the next day they were talking about all these funny jokes about these people they had been at the tables with. And they went in the hot tub and the Tulalip has like a giant indoor pool. Yeah. They did all this fun stuff and I wasn't a part of it. I had removed myself from that whole part of the thing, which is the fun of it. I did not have a fun time. Yeah. Sunday night. Yeah. I had a lame time. Because of the boozing. Because of how much I drank. And so I'm, I was really kind of bummed with myself because I missed out on a way fun thing, you know? Mm -hmm. So now I'm back on the wagon. I don't know for how long, probably till like Friday or something. All right, Christy. I made a list, <laughs> a shot of Jameson, a shot of tequila, a mimosa, more mimosa, scotch, wine, a buttload of Jameson with the mummy, and he's surprised that he was drunk. Right. And I like that he just threw in like, oh, is that my friend's birthday party? Lindy West. I know. know her. <laughs> yes, we know her. Okay. <laughs> I mean, she wasn't such a huge deal back right, seven years still. ago, but still, Lindy West. I was at Lindy West's birthday party. <laughs> um, he started off the night good, just one shot. I'm just, you know, it's right at midnight. I'm going to take the one shot. Of course, he finds the loophole, right? Right. Like, mm -hmm. one, I'm going to take it. And then he just decided to go all in, put all his chips in to the, the uh, dumpster fire. <laughs> yep. And he makes a point of saying, nope, I wasn't drunk. I just had the shots. And then <laughs> then I was fine for Easter. Oh, my. And let's just say this all happened on Easter. I don't know right. why that is more shocking to me that it happened on a holiday than if it happened on any other day. But well, do you think it's shocking because it's a the like high holy Christian day? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I remember this time, too, because he had. Or do you do you remember this? He decided I'm doing this for Lent. It's 40 days and 40 nights. And then when it turned out, like Vanessa said, no, it ends actually on Easter. Like that that's how Lent works. And he said, nah, I don't think so. There was that movie with Josh Hartnett. <laughs> 40 days and 40 nights, that's all I have to do. And right, he like right. said and she said, he, he was like, oh, that must be a Catholic thing. Not, no, that's how it works. <laughs> that's how Lent works. <laughs> so it was actually 46 days. If anyone listens to any of the episodes coming up, this was a lot of his talk. It's like, okay, well, it's supposed to be 40, do 40 days, but I'm, you know, I'm on 42. So <laughs> he got six extra days of being a martyr. So that's kind of a, a little bit of a warning sign there. I mean, if, if <laughs> when you're not even a the full hours. extra, a, a full extra week, and that's just a major, major problem for right. him. And you're literally <laughs> counting the hours. I mean, he couldn't wait. 
Yep. 12.01. (laughs) So then they get to this part about they go to the Tulalip Casino. I don't understand how this Easter works. So did he have Easter dinner with the Burbanks and then he took off with the crew to go to the casino and the casino's open on Easter? I just, I don't understand. That's that's how I... Uh, assume because he said he puts on the because i remember he took a picture of the mimosa bar that they had set up hmm so i assumed that they had easter whatever and then went up to the casino okay this casino is 24 hours a day the one he went to i suppose i don't know why i thought it would close for easter (laughs) no yeah it's a it's on a reservation that's (laughs) almost to bellingham so okay. it's 24 hours a day. I mean, it looks like a Vegas hotel. It's huge. Mm. Um, okay. So everyone was warning him that his his tolerance was going to be lower because he hadn't been drinking because he lost some weight. And then uh, I liked what he said. Somewhere north of Everett, everything became a blur, which is <laughs> very characteristic. And he was asking what country they were in and talking about the valet i don't know this all this sounds like it happened really fast Mm -hmm. but but then we get to the part where the mummy was trying to boner roll him (laughs) (laughs) okay i i put a note if the mummy tried to boner roll me i would also disappear yeah but i think for us it would be for different reasons (laughs) (laughs) i don't want i mean there's a lot of situation you would need some penicillin i'm i assume <laughs> if that boner touched you um <laughs> gross christy <laughs> well i told you i think i've said on this show before the one time well the first time i met the mummy was at what the or the karaoke night where luke busted his face open and it was this t- bush gardens it was this tiny little place they didn't think we were coming. There wasn't enough tables. And so we were all just kind of squished in there. And I realized that I was sitting next to the mummy. And I said, uh, hi, are you the mummy? And he said, yes. And he put out his hand and we shook hands. And he said, you are now pregnant. Gross. I guess from shaking his hand. You know, he just sounds like a wonderful person, doesn't he? <laughs> the so more you I learn said, about him. Well, I guess I should stop drinking this drink if I'm pregnant. <laughs> it was very, very weird. He's a weird, weird. guy. So then there comes this tale of six lost hours. I think if that happened to me, I would be so scared I would never do that again. Yes. Yes. That happens one time in your life. Well, it doesn't because then maybe you have a drinking problem if you like to binge drink that you lose whole days. But to me, it happened one time, never again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... Drunk to the point where the hotel staff apparently thought that he was just some rando guy off the street because they were asking him if he had a room there. But he was like, yes, but I need the key. Hmm, that doesn't seem weird at all. No. And that he was, he had withdrawn all the money. So either he just wasn't doing it right. Right. It wasn't an ATM machine. Or I had he had taken that. out enough money. <laughs> I just you could get into a lot of trouble being in this condition without a watcher. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how how much trouble can you really get in a in a casino other than the losing your money kind of trouble, but I Luke likes to fight and Yeah, I mean, no. This is 
it, you need a watcher, you need a babysitter, and then that babysitter needs to break up with you. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of which, when he finally made his way up back up to the room and slept and then threw up, quote, like a million times, unquote, <laughs> and Vanessa was upset with him, you know, she said to him, what are you doing? And he does the infuriating thing by trying to turn it around on her and saying, what are you doing? And saying, well, that is so typical. I mean, those are fighting words. If I was Vanessa, I'd be like, all right, you can find your own way home. I'm right. out of here. Exactly. And I'm not done. taking care of this. Yeah, for sure. And mostly what it seems is that he's upset that he missed out on the fun because he was so inebriated that he didn't get to be with his friends and go in the pool and have all mm -hmm. the stories from the tables or whatever. Yeah. So I'm glad he had the regrets. Yes, absolutely. Except for then he says that he's back on the wagon again, probably until like Friday or something. <laughs> so. Lesson learned, right. I'm sure. Right. And I'm sure that that was a compromise that he made with Vanessa. Oh, I suppose so. Mm. Yeah, that'd be a hard one to wrangle. Yes. All right, let's go to the next clip. This comes to us from November 15th of 2010. Just a uh, see? few short months later. Mm -hmm. The magical year of 2010. Yeah. <laughs> the mummy throws a birthday party. Let's listen to that clip. Man, oh man, I am dragging today because last night... Um, I, uh, we went to a party, the mummy threw a big party for his lady friend and, uh, got a bouncy house. Oh, is she five? Yep. She is five. So it's illegal. They're keeping it under wraps a little it's, bit. Uh, yeah, it's definitely <laughs> violating a lot of laws, their relationship. <laughs> um, no, she's, uh, she's a, an adult in her thirties, I believe. But, um, he got a bouncy house and a cotton candy machine and um uh and and rented out this actually really cool kind of like bar area that this um design firm has in Soto like it's a very hip very cool design firm which has you know how places you know a place is really cool because you walk in and it's a big open like warehouse space but it's got like an old gas station neon sign like mounted on yeah. one wall so it's like they have you know they have cool shit up there that has nothing to do with what they even do. It's just being like, this is a cool place to hang, you know, lots of like Eames chairs and fancy things. And then upstairs they have this bar, this like really cool room. That's like a party space and it's a bar and the bar is made out of like an old, maybe 30 foot boat, like something from like the mosquito fleet that they cut in this way where they sort of cut it. Uh, right down the middle of the boat so like it's like half of it is the bar oh so it's really cool and uh it was very fun i was thinking that it would be terrible first i was like god i wish we had one of these like at a place that i've worked at or i wish even i could have one of these with tbtl but then i thought this is a recipe for a really bad situation because it's so fun up there and they have a full bar with like liquor and a beer tap and like a toaster oven i mean it's as cool it's in fact cooler than any bar you would hang out on a friday you know but i thought this is actually a terrible idea because every friday i'm sure when it's four o'clock and the whistle blows which i assume is actually a parrot with a, a string attached <laughs> to it 
like the Flintstones, uh-huh. <laughs> um, a pterodactyl. I mean, I'm sure they didn't have parrots back then. I assume that when they, when the whistle blows, uh, instead of going to the bars, which are a hassle, and you have to travel to them and wait in line and everything, everyone just goes upstairs to this most awesome bar you've ever seen. And so then they just probably end up getting really drunk there and hanging out. And like the thing that makes and I bet you that their working relationships end up getting completely blurred. People are making out with other people, um, becoming way too close, way too emotionally attached to the people they work with. You know what I mean? Like right. what, what the, the idea uh, about Friday is that's the day you leave and you get away from everyone you work with and you go hang out with your real friends so that there is a division in, in your worlds of work and of play. But if I had this awesome bar thing, if I'd actually, like if they had this at the top of Cairo, I would just be like, you know, like end up the bestest of friends with a bunch of people I work with, which I, I actually don't know if that's that healthy. Do you think that your friends, I mean, do you think that your, your closest core group of friends should also be the people you work with? No, I always think it's really weird because, you know, like 60% of sitcoms are based on that premise. Right. And I always think it's odd because then your whole world is this small little workplace. Yeah. I just, I, I just think I would get completely consumed. Like I would just, I would, I would cease to have any life outside of that workplace because I would, I would be working there all day and then I would be getting blind drunk every night with all the people and it would just. Right. And it'd be like Melrose Place too, where you've, <laughs> you know, made out with all of them and you have to go back to sales because you've already been through, you know, marketing and wait, does engineering. Josie, does Josie Bissett work there? <laughs> Because I actually am going to take back what I said. Anyway, <laughs> my, my point with that whole thing is um, it was really fun. It ended up being a total blast. But the bouncy house was – so this was on First Avenue, which is in Soto uh, in Seattle. is a very industrial part of town. And the bouncy house was in this parking lot that's on First Avenue. And it was dark and it was rainy. And I'm here to tell you that a dark – wet bouncy house on first avenue at nine o'clock at night is as terrifying as it sounds <laughs> it was the most bizarre experience uh also it's depressing. so were you in there bouncing and it was pitch black yes and there were like prostitutes walking by oh my god i mean this is like and was the water getting in from the rain was it slick yeah, yeah it was very slippery you it was oh, not no. safety first it was like being like you were in like Bambi trying to stand up on the ice. Oh, um, it, it w- this is, by the way, the neighborhood where they're going to put in the tent city permanently. They've decided on a place they can move it where no one will give a shit. And it's called this neighborhood where we were in a bouncy house at nine and then 10 o'clock at night, drunk, bouncing in the bouncy house. <laughs> Oh, my God. That was also full of water. And it was the kind of thing that at first I was like, oh, well, they rented this thing. We should do it just to be nice. And then I was like, I don't want to get wet. And then the first time the mummy did a flying ninja kick and knocked me over into the water. And then I kind of got over not wanting to be wet. It turned out to be super fun. Yeah. And it is one of those experiences that you have to think like, I may never have this experience again. So then you got to give yourself over to it. Yeah. I mean, my goal is to never have that experience again. (laughs) Something has gone deeply wrong in your life if you're in a bouncy house and it's pitch black outside (laughs) (laughs) on the track where the prostitutes and pimps are. Um, Then uh, another thing that was interesting that happened, and and Vanessa was the one who pointed this out, and I never thought she would say this. But so the party was it was it was, you know, there was music and it was in this cool room and and, and everybody was very nice. But there was a certain because it was a Sunday night. There was like a certain, um, you know, just 
calmness to the room. Like it, it was a party, but it was more like a get together and people were having a nice time and chatting and having a drink or two. And then the mummy wise man that he is about these things, he sensed that, that we needed to take it to another level. So he made like, he decided that, that the tradition was going to be, we had to make a circle around his lady friend and sing happy birthday to her. And we all had to have a shot. So everyone in the room did a shot, which is, I don't know, 15, 20 people. And every single person did it. They were gamers. I, I respected them. And it was the craziest thing because everyone did that shot. And it was like, it transformed the party. Like someone started playing Phoenix 1901. It turned into a crazy dance party. It felt like Lost in Translation when they're <laughs> at that bar with yeah. those awesome Japanese people. It went from being kind of like a nice civil time to being a total awesome blowout to where people were walking down First Avenue and looking up at this room where there was like strobe lights and people dancing and having a crazy awesome time. And it was all because of the the, the restorative powers of booze juice. It was amazing. It was like, I mean, honestly, it, it should it, it should have been a commercial for alcohol. <laughs> Well, think, I mean, it's really good that you had a plan at that point. Somebody had some ideas because Sunday night parties are notoriously hard because even although, even though people are trying, right. you still have this nagging feeling in the back of your mind that you have to get up in the morning. Yes. Well, I did, but then I drowned that under um, <laughs> a lot of George Dickel. Yeah. And then um, this morning uh, when the alarm went off and I was sleeping on the couch, I thought this is a terrible way to start the week. Um, I feel uh, I feel somehow less rested than when the weekend began Um, so uh, so anyway I I, I say all that to excuse myself uh, if I sound even more incompetent than normal today okay Anne (laughs) what did you think hands down the best part of this clip I thought was at the very beginning when Luke says that the mummy through a birthday party for his girlfriend with a bouncy house. And Jen says without hesitation, Oh, is she five? (laughs) Yes. Yes. And yes, (laughs) that was hysterical and accurate. Would you have liked to go to this party? No, none of it intrigued you at all. No, I, I mean, (sighs) I am not 100% opposed to the idea of a bouncy house during the day, mm-hmm. you know, in like an open field that's not populated by pimps and prostitutes. I I I don't know, but you know, once they start talking about the mummy doing flying ninja kicks and making everybody drink shots and it turning into a <laughs> dance party. That is not Anne's scene. I, I would love to go to this party, but I am never going in that bouncy house. I won't go in one in the light. They're just full of MRSA. I don't need any of that around me. Um, I don't need a broken bone of any kind, and I don't need skin disease. So I wouldn't go in the bouncy house, but everything else sounds super fun. Whew. All right. Well, now that you bring up the specter of, like, MRSA, 
I guess I don't want to go in the bouncy house either. <laughs> Although the rain that's like soaking it might have might have a so, wash that out. Okay. So it might be clean again, but I still wouldn't go. I'm I'm too scared. Just like walking is kind of difficult. I don't want to fall. I don't want to do any of that stuff. So jumping in a giant thing that's wet and filled with drunk people sounds terrible. Oh no, that that's not that's not a good situation at all. <laughs> but everything else sounds fun. I like well, I ninja kicks are funny to see far away but if it was coming at me no um i like the idea that he got the party rust up of course i would have faked the shot um but then dance party i'm i'm down with dance dance party see you're just so much better at this than me because (laughs) i would have refused the shot not faked the shot okay and then i would have been totally a party pooper i i don't know I, i think you can be fun you just think that I there's a certain kind of of partier and a certain kind of party and if you're not that person then um you can be a real drag on that situation I think I would probably also be really self-conscious in a situation like that especially since they talk about this place where they had the party this really cool design firm that has the bar was it like in an upstairs area or something yeah And it just sounds like so way too cool for the likes of me. I don't know that I would be comfortable there. So basically this setup that they're talking about sounds like almost every startup in Seattle. (laughs) I mean, the fact that it looks that cool. I mean, ours, my work has a full bar and beer all the time and wine. I mean, all of that's available all the time, but it's not. Like it doesn't look super hipster or whatever. I think when you have a design firm that you you have that element of it and they probably mm-hmm. invite clients to come in and, and see different things. But a, a lot of places have these bars and I'll tell you, no one goes every single day and gets wasted. If you start doing that, then you have a problem. Mm-hmm. And I think that maybe everyone's used to it. There's been a couple times like, when we all found out that my boss got laid off, everyone just stopped working that day and sat around and everybody drank and I just, you know, kept pouring for everybody. Um, but that's very unusual. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it, if Luke went up there every day, so I can see two sides of it. I could see him. He's so fun and he's always like, the party comes with him. So I could mm-hmm. see him saying, you guys party at the, at the bar or everyone meet in wherever at four o'clock and I'm pouring and like him being the life of the party. I could see him getting that. Um, or just, he would get bored of it. You, you see it. It's fun for a couple days. And then it's like, Oh, there's, there's Luke again, drinking. Like, <laughs> does this guy ever work? Maybe he has a problem. <laughs> Well, and I'm pretty sure that it's not going to turn into Melrose Place. Well, mm, um, really, so <laughs> it won't turn really? into Melrose Place. And the the thing where she, she said, um, "So you've made out with everyone else. You just have to go back to sales." I don't think that's the case. There's definitely some times when there's been happy hour at my work where people get boozed up. 
and get very friendly. There's no making out, but they're very friendly. But at my last work, it was basically like a, a fraternity. And there were lots of things that happened. And, and I, you know, I would be the pe- person like pouring the beer and I would say, hey, wait, isn't she married? <laughs> She's not to that guy or stuff like that, you know. So it happens. Hmm. People are dumb. It just like be an adult. I, I, hmm. Maybe I'm weird, but I work with a lot, a lot, a lot of men. And I'm telling you what, I am not getting handsy with a single one of them at right. work. It's just right. not interesting to me. Yeah. More, th- more than that is what I've noticed that the people at my work, because, you know, they're all developers, so they're pretty nerdy, is they like to do... And naughty adventures and not naughty like sexual but like i'm gonna go into the men's room or i'm gonna <laughs> open this window i'm not supposed to or stuff like that Ooh, you rebel i know or they like dare each other to do things um or they or they set dates to do things like somehow i got roped in and now i'm going to see book of mormon in january because of like a happy hour drunken thing that happened two months ago <laughs> So just just that. Luckily, I w- I would not want to work at a place where people are getting sloppy once a week and making out. I would just that's just not my scene. That makes me happy that it's not your scene. Yeah, I think that also that comes. I think our average age is about forty, and I think that mm. makes a difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you have twenty year olds that are drinking all the time, I think you have a little bit different. That's true. And then maybe it's a little bit different for me working at a university because I think that sort of thing is probably not countenanced very well there. I mean, the idea of having a bunch of employees go out and get raging drunk mm-hmm. after work, mm, we just need a reporter on that. And it's it's a that's a story in the news that, that uh, people don't want to deal with at my work. Yeah. All right. So we've decided... Christy would go to this party mm-hmm. and would not go to this party. I would drag you to that party and you would have fun. Would I? Yeah. What would I, I be doing while other people were ninja kicking in the bounce house and drinking at the cool bar? We would be standing in the corner, um, not so silently judging people. <laughs> <laughs> or saying, did you see that ninja kick? That guy just got kicked in the head. Or they're going to be real, real sore tomorrow. Because that's the other thing about bouncy houses. They're super fun when you're a kid, but when you're 40, it hurts mm-hmm. the next day. <laughs> mm. I have a question. Would there be like cupcakes at this party? I'm sure. See, now, I, now I'm now in Now you're it. back in. Yeah. Yeah. I think the last time I went out to a thing at a bar, it was a bar that had cupcakes and I spent most of the night trying to figure out which one that I, I wanted. <laughs> You didn't just have one of each? Oh, I wish. That would have been good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, shall we move on to the next clip? Yes. We have got the advent of Andrew's drinking issue in here. This clip comes from June 13th, 2013. And um, the setup for the clip is that the previous night, Andrew and Sean both went to... 
a friend of the show, Durs's surprise birthday party. And uh, Andrew had a little bit more to drink that he planned on having. So let's roll it. Um, yeah, so I had a great time, although I'm, I'm, I woke up really ashamed of myself this morning. Um, and did you have much to drink last night? Uh, no, I did not. And I, it's a Wednesday night. It's, it's just a Wednesday night. I finally go out of my house and spend some time with friends, and I found myself buying shots for a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. Sorry if I didn't buy one for you. It's okay. I, I'm not drinking right now. Oh, that's right. You told me that. Even yeah. though I did have a bit of Jameson before I left the house. Did you? So you're not <laughs> so drinking. I'm not drinking you're not outside drinking. of my house. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which is something I usually don't do either because I'm too busy drinking in the attic. But um, yeah, so, but I honestly, I don't get too real here, but I feel like. When I analyze what happened to me last night, because I ended up leaving before the show was totally over, barely able to stand up, which is kind of unlike me to get that drunk in public. Okay, so let's second of all, let's back up a little bit, first of all. <laughs> first of all. So you were buying shots like Lil John, all up in this heezy for yeah. everyone, including yourself? No, not for everyone, I, but I found myself buying shots for people, and I think part of it was because I wanted to drink shots. Mm-hmm. And it was there are times when you all go out with a bunch of your friends, and everybody's really getting drunk, and um, maybe to varying degrees, but you're all just kind of getting crazier and crazier. And then there are the alcoholics. And I, I felt like, and I kind of felt like I was... It reminded me of my troubled days in college when I started like drinking way too much, and uh-huh. I I realized that I was buying like as soon as Andy showed up, I had to make sure that he had a shot. But this morning, I'm looking back, I'm like, I think that's because I wanted a shot. Yeah, that, I wanted a shot and a beer, so I got him a shot and a beer. That makes sense because if you or me or someone wants to drink, generally you will be like, hey, do you want to get a shot? But that's because moreover, mo- most of the time. The person ordering wants the shot. More exactly, than and the you other know, and again, does. if it's a crazy night, it's a Friday night, everybody's doing it like that's fine. But I sort of felt like I was kind of doing it. Oh, hey, how about you? Do you want a shot? Have a shot with me. How about you? Do you have a shot with me? <laughs> and so, even though I was out in public, I felt like my drinking was just as antisocial as ever. Maybe I'm overanalyzing it too much, but I really did wake up this morning. I was like, I took one of the rare nights when I went out, went out on a weeknight, hung out with my friends, and it was a good big group of friends who I don't usually get to see all at once. Mm-hmm. It was a good show in a great venue where there was a big enough crowd but still enough room to, like, kind of spread out. Mm -hmm. It was just, like, it was great. I remember even saying to Genevieve at one point during the show, like, this is perfect. We can see the band. We can hear the band. We can stretch our arms out if (laughs) we want to. Like, this is You started doing snow angels in the middle of the dance floor, which was weird. I did. So I – it's one of the – but then I do sort of feel like I tinged the memory of last night by – with my alcoholic tendencies. Mm -hmm. Because I woke up this morning. I was like, nobody else was doing that. Nobody else was – Stumble, like I stumbled out of the bathroom at you one didn't... point. I never get that intoxicated. See, I saw you and uh, Lil G outside of uh, the tractor last night, and you didn't seem too bad. I only did converse with you for about five seconds before you had to catch the Uber, so maybe if I would have chatted with you more, I would have sort of seen what state you were in, but you didn't seem that bad, was it? And I got to say, and then we had, and I actually want to talk about the Uber ride home for a second, too, but I got to say, by the time we got home, I wasn't stumbling anymore, so Mm -hmm. maybe it was just like, it was probably after the last, I I had three shots, that's not that much. People were probably thinking that I had, you know, whatever, I probably had three shots and four beers or something, but it was a pretty, or maybe, whatever, three or four. a decent amount to drink in, what, like two hours? Yeah, a little bit more than that, but not that much time, and I was just kind of slugging them back, and by the time I got home, I wasn't stumbling around anymore, 
but there was just that one moment probably wasn't long after the as my probably as my body was just kind of absorbing that last <laughs> shot that I came out of the bathroom and I realized I was kind of blind drunk yeah. like I was just kind of stumbling in a way that I am very very rarely like that yeah. and it's probably the whiskey I'm usually more of a beer drinker and as I like kind of stumbled out of the bathroom, bumped into one guy, and then bumped into Genevieve, who I had asked <laughs> to pay the bill for me, and I said, I'm really drunk. And she said, yeah, because I had a tab at the thing, and she, I asked her to sign out for me. She's like, I can tell, and she held up the tab. Was it massive? It was like a, over 100 bucks. What? Yes. For one evening. For a Wednesday night at the oh. tractor. Oh, my God. I have so been there before, where you go out just for a couple of drinks or maybe none at all, just to have a nice little night, and you end up spending 100 or 75 bucks or something exorbitant that you did not want to spend. Uh, and Yeah, and so oh. anyway, so I was kind of like, it wasn't that I blacked out. It's not like I embarrassed myself. I sent a note to, to Durs this morning saying, hey, sorry I left. He's like, oh, no problem. Like, that's what happens all the time, you know, like whatever you had to take off. But um, I just sort of felt – I just disappointed myself, basically. Mm-hmm. I didn't embarrass myself. I just feel kind of disappointed in myself. I, I could have just had such a good time last night, probably had one beer, and I could have had just as much fun, if well, not more fun. Don't don't sweat the small stuff, man. Like, that night happened. You can't do anything about it. Don't look at your bank account for at least two days yeah. so you can forget about that moment. But, you know, move on. And, I mean, it's easier said than done. I know because I've been in your position, as many of us have. But uh, You know what I absolutely love about your encouragement here? What? You said don't sweat the small stuff, which is what, like, alcoholics. It's like a, something that people often see in alcohol, oh, really? Alcoholics Anonymous and stuff. <laughs> and you're using that to say, listen, don't stop drinking. Don't worry about it. Don't sweat the small stuff. You don't have a problem. Just recoup. Yeah. Uh, regret. Group, go out next weekend and get blind drunk again. <laughs> Don't sweat the small stuff. Okay, I made another list, Christy. <laughs> <laughs> Three shots and four beers in two hours. Is this reasonable? I mean, Andrew's kind of a big guy. Okay, so me, I'd be wandering the casino not knowing where my room is. <laughs> but I don't <laughs> I don't think that's that much. In the grand are they scheme, Bud Lights I'm, or are they regular beers? Yeah, I don't know. I think we're going to have to have actual drinkers weigh in on this. Is this a yeah. lot? Please tell mm-hmm. us. Because it doesn't seem like a lot to me. For two hours? Yeah, that's like one and I hour, guess or two an hour. All right, then why did he get so drunk? <laughs> because he probably didn't eat. Probably. He was just standing around in heat probably because it's... Um, a small venue and it's probably hot. I don't know. Yeah. So in the grand scheme of things, this episode isn't that big of a deal, right? He got unexpectedly drunk and went home and everything was fine. And he had Genevieve there to keep an eye on him. I will say the one thing that does kind of worry me a little bit about this is when he talks about how he kept bugging people to buy them shots. And it wasn't because he wanted to get them shots. It's because he wanted a shots. But mm-hmm. he knew that it was weird just he to get shots for alone. himself. Yeah. That, to me, th- is on the edge of some weird behavior. Well, he didn't want it to be weird. Because <laughs> if he's just slamming those by himself. That's weirder. It's drinking alone. But if there's someone he can say, oh, well, there, I don't know. Hmm. But he still feels like he was being, he says, just as antisocial in his drinking mm-hmm. as he would have been if he was by himself. So I'm not quite sure what that means. Yeah. But he's, I mean, he has a lot of self-awareness about it. He feels bad because nobody else was 
getting crazy on a, like a Wednesday night or something. <laughs> I think they said it was. But he didn't do anything to embarrass himself, but he still feels embarrassed about it. I don't know. Maybe that's, yeah, that's just Andrew's natural state. Yeah, I feel like he needs a little bit, like him and Luke need to trade a little bit. Luke needs to feel a little bit more embarrassed and and Andrew needs to feel less because he didn't do anything weird. Mm-mm. Um, He didn't puke. He didn't even get too drunk. He was just kind of wobbling around and by the time he got home he said he was he wasn't even drunk anymore he didn't drive he didn't make mm-hmm. any stupid decisions yeah he, he shouldn't feel embarrassed and also drinking on a wednesday night if that if it was every wednesday okay maybe we have we have a little bit of an issue this was a special event it was a concert mm-hmm. that he was really excited about don't feel weird about that if it's someone's birthday if if it's a holiday party like any of those things you're fine don't don't get too down on yourself Hmm. then how did he get a hundred dollar tab well if he well first of all shots are probably depending on what he was having are probably six dollars each okay and every time he did a shot he was also buying one Mm -hmm. for somebody else so it's not really three shots it's six shots that Mm -hmm. he paid for right plus genevieve's drinks whatever those were yeah. So that actually, when it was a hundred, I was actually shocked hmm. that it wasn't more. Really? Yeah. Just because of that. So six shots plus eight beers plus whatever mm-hmm. Genevieve was drinking, that could that could have easily have been two hundred. I am saving so much money. I know, right? Drinking. I have a story similar to this, um, like having the regrets of a bill. It was one of the only times I drank in college. My sister came up to visit me and I was so excited that she was there. And I was like, I'm going to introduce you to all my friends and go out to all these bars that I usually am driving people to. And, um, I had this, my favorite bartender. He's this guy who had like maybe three teeth. His name was Don and it was at a bar called the Beaver Inn. And I would sit up at the bar and he would pour me like the leftovers of drinks um, not in a gross way, but out of the mixer. So he'd like make a martini and then he'd pour the rest into, into a little shot glass for me. Oh, cute. And we were there for a long time and my sister was like, just put it on, on her tab. And so he, she's like buying drinks for people. I had no idea. She was just like putting her drinks and then like her friend's drinks all on my tab. And then when I went to go cash out, it was like $150 and I was just a poor college kid at the time. And I was like, seriously felt like I was going to throw up. I was like woozy. I was thinking, I don't know how I'm going to actually afford this. It was the worst. So that was, why did, why did she put it on your tab? I don't know. That's And the worst part is like, she was living in Seattle and making a ton of money, but she put it weird yeah i was making minimum wage at walgreens at the photo department (laughs) (laughs) i don't know why she did that but she did it's still kind of a family story i'll just be like remember when you put all your drinks on my tab and she just laughs i'm like "Uh uh-huh do you know how many shifts i had to do to cover that (laughs) but yeah i feel guilty i don't know that's a good question i should ask her 
But just seeing the, ta- I mean, at least Andrew didn't see it until after, but just like standing there and you're like kind of like drunk and you're trying to add the numbers and like thinking the whole time, like, oh, what that, and this place had, I mean, this is how much the bill was. They sold $4 pictures of PBR. Like that's <laughs> how the kind of place this was. <laughs> So I don't even know how many drinks that was. My sister can drink. She's like, I mean, 10, 15 drinks and she can still be fine. Wow. So I don't know, even know how many drinks she had. I don't even want to know. <laughs> Has she ever partied with Luke? I, she should. Wait, she did. Yes. She was there the night that Luke busted his nose open. Her and my brother-in-law actually blame me for it. What? Because I had one. Do, do you remember this? It was when they were, when he first uh, became a podcast only, I'd like to think. Or was it on the radio? Um, no, it was when he first became a podcast. He would, and it was on the stickam. he would play different songs. He had like a little playlist. And he would say the first person that writes in, and, and can figure out what the category is or what these songs all have in common, you win something. And so I did, I, I figured it out and I sent it to him. And so he said, you win a shot. So, or you want a drink for me when we go to Bush Gardens? Well, I'm, I don't really know drinks. And so we get there and he's like, what shot do you want? And he's pretty wasted pants at the time. And I said, I don't know, Jaeger. Because I don't know drinks, right? And um, he goes, oh, no, it's, it has to be a Jaeger bomb. I said, okay, not wanting to be like uncool or whatever. And I don't know if you know what a Jaeger bomb is, but it's like Jaegermeister dropped into, I think, Red Bull, mm-hmm. which is a terrible idea. And then you slam it. So we did that. And then shortly after, he just was like, couldn't stand up anymore. And the party was basically over. Everyone was wasted. We leave. And then the next morning we hear that he tried to throw up out of his window and broke his face open. (laughs) (laughs) And now that picture's on his business cards 10 years later. Yep. That's the gift that keeps on giving. Thanks, Christy. Right. (laughs) It's my fault. No, you're blaming me too. (laughs) That one last Jaeger bomb put him over the edge. Yep. All right, let's do the next clip. This comes to us from December 4th of 2012. This is one of many times Luke passes out in his car in a parking lot. Let's listen. Did you guys go get a drink afterwards? No, we he had to go home. Yeah, he it was He's his, still recovering from Friday night. Yeah. Did <laughs> I upset his, him on Friday night? I don't think so. That's right. Did you talk about that on the show? No, I didn't even all? get into it. <laughs> you know where I ended up. Well, you and I haven't even talked about that yet. I was asleep I in my car in the McDonald's parking lot. I knew that you might have been asleep in the car for a little bit right outside the bar we were hanging out at. I have I have it. It it was. Uh, it went from being a brownout to being a blackout. Oh no! And it was weird because I didn't even realize I was getting super duper lit, which is like fun, and we're talking. And yeah. it was one of those things where, and it was early too because it, we got yeah, such an early start. It just like snuck up on me. Yeah. All of a sudden, I was just like, I don't know what planet I'm on. 
Um, but uh, but I, I guess everybody survived. We saw that you were asleep. I think that Nick went out and was like, oh, yeah, he's crashed out in his car. Oh, good. So we were like, oh, okay, he's that. that's fine. I mean, we've all been there. That's right. why I kind of – you disappeared for the restroom. Then you were gone for a little bit too long. And I was just kind of like, I'm just going to give him space. I'm going to treat him like I would want to be treated. And usually that happens to me, not you, where it's just like it sneaks up on you. And the next thing you know, you're just like, I need to just get but what's, away Yeah, from what's people. weird is that what my brain does in those situations – and I've had this happen at 10 events. One time I was like – at the Mandarin Gate, and I was like hiding out on like oh, some steps. That on wasn't the side that long ago, building. right? That was like a few months ago. <laughs> Two of those in a lifetime is too close <laughs> together, but yeah, it probably wasn't that long ago. But there's a weird point of drunkenness that my brain hits. That's like, I just don't want to be around anyone because I feel like I'm going to do something embarrassing. Yeah, of course. And so, well, but I don't apply that to any other parts of my life when I'm constantly doing things that are embarrassing. <laughs> it's weird that when I'm drunk, my brain kicks into that mode. But when you get really, really drunk. When you get really, really drunk, it becomes hard even to just form sentences. Just everything just becomes really hard. And if you're just at home right. and you're that drunk and you're like kind of laying on the couch watching Homeland or something, you're fine. But then suddenly you're just, you know, and again, it was early. We had started drinking so early. Like you look around this bar and everybody's just kind of eating dinner. And if you're just like, if the if the drinks have just caught up with you, like right. I, I bolt. I Well, that's bolt. exactly what I did. I'm yeah. glad you guys actually had some sense of my whereabouts because. Oh, yeah. Okay, good. Because um, not because not because um. You guys need to keep track of me, but because I felt bad that like maybe you guys were like, well, I guess he died. Okay, no, moving on. No, like, not, not like I, at all. I was glad that we knew where you were. Um, basically, at one point, I was kind of like, well, if the car's not there, I'll be worried if you're driving around. But when I heard that you were taking a nap in the car, I was like, perfecto. Yeah. Well, it um, it sort of worked out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you end up? So you never end. I I figured you would just kind of wake up and get a second win because it was so early anyway. No, I woke up in the parked in the McDonald's parking lot. At what time? About 12. Oh, wow. Okay. And that was with, um, uh, let's see, I had apparently purchased and consumed an entire meal from McDonald's and thrown it out. Which McDonald's? The one that's like a block from where we were. Oh, I didn't thankfully. know there was one close there. Yeah, right okay. under the monorail. Oh, right across from the EMP. There. I always forget that there's a fast food restaurant there. Yeah. Now. Well, apparently my uh, drunk brain knows it's there, <laughs> yeah, like, a, it's, like a freaking homing pigeon. Yeah. I, I, I seriously, like, I woke up asleep. Mercifully, the car was off and parked. Yes, you know what I mean. And uh, and and then I thought, did I eat anything? And then I looked, and down in the cup holder, in between the seats, was a pickle slice. <laughs> that was the only evidence food had happened in the car. But it was a it was a new pickle slice. Do you think that your drunk brain kind of did what my, whether drunk or sober brain, will often do, which is. You, did you feel some shame and want to clean up the evidence? Sometimes if I'm really oh, drunk and I, I must eat have. a bunch and then I'm just kind of like, get rid of it. I must do the dishes now. Like I'll do the dishes as a way of kind of like, that's my eating disorder. I eat too much and then I scrub scrub the guilt away and I put everything yes, away. I, well, I think first I think what my brain thought was I got to get some food in me, which is hilarious because we had been eating food at oh, the yeah. Brave Horse. So it wasn't like I hadn't eaten, but my brain was like, I got to get some. I got to get some food in me to try to like – Get on top of this. And then, um, yeah, and then I must have just, like, gotten out of the car and thrown the bag away in the garbage can um, and then thought, a little nap for Luke, a little more napping for Luke. It actually ended up being the most, like, it was the safest thing that could have happened to me, which was just to sleep it off, to eat a bunch of bad fast food, sleep it off. And then by the time I woke up, I was, like, fine, thankfully. Mm -hmm. But, um, but uh, it was, you know, it's a little eerie to wake up 
asleep in your car in a place that you didn't remember driving to. Yeah, especially in that part of town as well. I, mean, I know, like, totally, like, the cops could have, like, rolled up on me for a variety of reasons mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Okay, Anne. <laughs> I have so many questions. They did not... So many questions. First of all, they said they started early on a Friday. How early is early? Um, They used to do that fairly regularly, didn't they? Yeah, but like I'm thinking, was he passed out and it was still light outside? And just people were just walking it by? may have been. Because this was a big occasion. I think, I don't think it was on the clip, but this was right when Andrew got the night show. So this day that they're talking about, this Friday, I think was probably the last day that he was the producer on Ross and Burbank. Mm-hmm. And this show right now that they're talking on is was actually, I think, the Tuesday. Because like that, his first day of the night show, he took off from TBTL. And so then he came on the next day and talked about how it went. So they were talking about this celebration, I guess, they had for Andrew. So I'm sure it started, I mean, when did Ross and Burbank end? Noon? Yes. So it started like one, probably. So it could have still been light out. And they didn't say where they were drinking, but that Luke went to this McDonald's. And I'll tell you, this McDonald's is super busy. And there's always people hanging out in the parking lot. I bet there was a ton of people that looked in at at him to see what was happening. Oh my God, that right there is enough to keep me from ever drinking. I don't want weird people walking by and looking at right? me. Right. Um, also, what is a brownout? I know what a blackout is, but he said it was uh-huh. a brownout that turned into a blackout or something. I need to know what a brownout is. Um, He had some memories? I guess so. Um, And then did he eat that pickle he found in the in the cup holder? <laughs> Only you would think of that question. <laughs> it's a legitimate question, right? Didn't didn't you wonder if he did? No, I didn't wonder oh, that. McDonald's pickles are pretty good. <laughs> um, Jeremy has definitely said, oof, car fry and eaten it. Who knows how many days later? Well, that's okay for fries. What? Days later? Well, I wouldn't do it, okay, but I would good. think that you'd probably be okay. So pickle, no fry, bad, no good. Well, a pick, a pickle's wet. What on earth could it be picking up down no, the that's true. crack that's between true. the seats? That's gross. Well, it was in the cup holder. Oh, right. Well, I'm sure the cup holder was none too clean either. Oh yeah, I'm just thinking. You know, you have the like goo from like spilled mochas and who mm-hmm. knows what else in there. Yep, yeah, you're mm-hmm. right. Okay, you don't mm-hmm. eat the pickle, mocha pickle. <laughs> but I like that. That's the clue, as if he's um, mementoing his night backwards, um, trying to figure out put the pieces together. Right. I mean, I wonder how often he's had to go back and look through his bank, his debit card charges to see, to piece it all together. Do you think he really does that? I mean, I would, I would but Luke's not so great with money anyway. Right, right. I don't know. I, I think that on a slightly more serious note, that this clip maybe worries me just a little bit the most of all of these because 
there is a point at which he drove the car when he was drunk. Right. Just a block to get to the McDonald's. But I'm mm-hmm. still, I am not happy about that. No. I wonder what year did Uber come out? Hmm. I bet we could find out. Yeah. Because I'm wondering if that's the reason. March 2009. Oh. Well, shame on him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's always the stories and I've I've been there. I think I showed you <laughs> when we went to the Mandarin Gate the I've I've seen Luke sleeping outside of the Mandarin Gate once outside outside he talked about it in the clip and then once in his car so he's used mm-hmm. to that and I'm proud of him for for choosing that at the time mm-hmm. um, absolutely and I'm surprised he doesn't have a DUI yes yep but I'm glad he doesn't I know when we think about um well all the drinking that he's done in his life and also all the violations that he's received for his car in his life you would think that they would intersect somewhere i'm glad that he didn't ever he never got in trouble for it so but hopefully he stopped that behavior yeah he he seems to be much more sensible Mm -hmm. about it now i think for one thing he's older he's calmed down he's maybe gotten to a, a place where he's a little happier with himself yes you know he still has plenty of insecurities and jealousies and all those things that will keep him in therapy for the rest of his life. But <laughs> he has achieved some measure of professional success. He's in a solid relationship. And Carrie wouldn't stand for no. this kind of behavior. I think we know that. And, I mean, he's got a dog and a cat. and Right. I mean, once you have... He's pretty stable. Um I mean, there's no excuse with Lyft and Uber and other things to to even think about driving mm-hmm. drunk anymore. Yep. I wouldn't say that he's exercised all of his demons. No. But <laughs> he doesn't seem to need to use alcohol so much anymore, which is a really good thing. I, um, as a whole, really like these stories, especially when they were out drinking with the, each other and so, so yes. it gives gives a little peek into their friendship outside of the show and i i really enjoyed that and it always made me wish that i was there with them like oh how f- what a fun adventure they had i love when jen gets tipsy i love mm-hmm. when jen talks about drinking because she definitely has a very different relationship mm-hmm. with alcohol than than luke does and she feels very good about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, Luke has in the past talked a little bit about, you know, some of his worries about his alcohol consumption. And, and Jen's like, no, I'm good with it. This is this is what I do and it's what I need and it makes me happy. And, and I'm fine with that. And I like that. I, I like to see the dynamic of the two of them. Yeah, you could tell that they really are friends and they really are having fun and they really are having these adventures and this whole other life outside of the show. Yeah, I I really like their friendship Mm -hmm. outside. And that's also what I liked during the radio days when they would peek, give us a peek into it of, um, oh, we went out to karaoke after the show or, yep, we were just at Azteca and we got drunk and now we're doing the show or whatever. (laughs) I love just the little peek into their, their friendship. 
I mean, doesn't this go back a little bit to the super cool design place with the bar that you drink with your coworkers every day after work? I mean, aren't they kind of doing a version of that? Right. Exactly. But it's just the three of them. I think that they, well, if you think about it, none of them had actually worked in a situation where they had a ton of coworkers that they, A, would want to hang out with because they worked at a conservative radio station. Um, <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> and, you say they don't go hang out with Dory Monson. Right. And then B, everyone has these time slots. So it's not like they would say, hey, Dave Ross, come hang out with us at 11 o'clock at night because he's on early in the morning. So they didn't mm-hmm. have a situation where they would hang out like that anyways. And so maybe that was kind of where they were coming at the situation where they decided if they had a bar, they would sleep with everyone they worked with. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, Shall we move on to a little housekeeping? Yes. I almost forgot to say it, so I want to put it right up front in housekeeping. Uh, Thank you to the archivists who did all the work that made this episode possible. I would like to thank... Uh, Colleen Rosillis. I'm really sad I saw Colleen at uh, the LRB picnic, but I didn't get a chance to talk to her there. So maybe next time. Uh, Also, Corey Plucker found one of these uh, clips. Jamie Nettles and somebody with the initials SR. Christy. I think we figured that out before. No, that was somebody different. Oh, oh, man. I'm going to have to look it up. That was Wayne. That was WK. We figured that one out. But now (laughs) we have SR. I'll figure it out and give you credit in a different show. Sorry, SR. Yes. But (laughs) thank you for all of your work on this. You made this show possible. Yep. Some of these clips were um, ones that I didn't remember so well. Uh, And so it was really great to have a chance to find some new things. All right. Uh, Check out merch in the merch store. We still got lots of things for you to buy. You know what I think we're getting the most orders for, Christy? What I still see coming through is that wash, wash, and doormat mug. Yes. Don't you think? Yes, for sure. Mm -hmm. It's pretty great. Yep. Christmas is coming, people. Yes. And also Hanukkah and Kwanzaa. Do we buy presents for Kwanzaa? We should. Yes, we should. And you should come and see what we got going on over at the store. Also, the Archive Project right here. This is a great example of what can come from the Archive Project. The two of us lightweights talking about alcoholics (laughs) for an hour. (laughs) Also, uh, when you're shopping for those other Christmas presents that aren't from our merch store, please think about using our Amazon link, uh, littleredbandwagon.com slash Amazon for all your Amazon purchases and kick us a few pennies. And... Send in any favorite LRB moments for our best of show episodes at the end of the year. And I'm saying, if there were any moments that you hated, anything that invoked passion on your part, we'll take it. Yeah, and no more Anne clips, because that's all your favorite. Everybody's favorite is Anne, and that's all what? the moments. <laughs> okay, I'm just being a little jealous. You can send in your Anne moments. <laughs> I'm just repressed, that's all, and then it comes out. (laughs) So I'll tell you how to get involved. You can go to littleredbandwagon.com. You can submit your throw your phone or hug your phone moments at throwyourphone.com. Yeah, dot com. Um, (laughs) 
find us on Facebook on the Stens page or ours, Little Red Bandwagon. Um, our show Twitter is at LRB Podcast. You can email us at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com or send us a text or voicemail at 802-432-8285. All right, Christy, I want to thank you. I feel like you've educated me. Your knowledge about booze, booze a hall <laughs> is greater than my knowledge about booze a hall. But it's still pretty, it's still pretty <laughs> limited. But I think I will go with you to the bouncy house party. Yes, I'll take you. All right, that's great. <laughs> so we've got to start planning that. So why don't you get us out of here? Okay. Until next time, this is the next party. And we love you, Jen. 